0: If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Shabbat shalom.
1: I am a Jewish educator. For those of you who know me, that might not be the most surprising statement. I went into the rabbinate to work with families with children. If pressed, I think my favorite quote from Tanakh is from Proverbs, which says, educate a child along his path, and when she is old, she will not depart from it. I believe strongly in the ability of education to transform children's lives and I think I'm in good company with that assumption. So I was shocked to learn in all my time studying this week's Torah portion, I missed the most obvious educational verse. At the end of his life, Moses is trying to leave the Israelites with as many lessons and pieces of wisdom as he can. In some of his final words, Moses instructs the Israelites in the communal reading of the Torah. He tells them to gather all the people and specifies men, women, and children to hear the reading of God's teachings. About the children, Moses says, asher lo yadu yishme'u And the children who do not know or who did not experience this event They will hear in order to learn. The children in the community weren't there when God took the people out of Egypt or gave them the Torah. They were too young to have experienced God's wonders. So they have to come to the communal reading of the Torah so that they will learn the stories, the laws, and the teachings of God. Of course, says the educator in me, one of the best ways for children to learn is to hear stories. There's a reason we have a storyteller at the family service instead of a sermon. How many of you have sat with a child and read them a book? Even older kids enjoy being read to. Stories help us imagine new worlds, cultivate empathy for people in our community and around the world, and help us understand experiences that we did not have. Those of us who did not stand at Sinai or at least don't remember being there, are able to access the experience through the ultimate story, the Torah. The stories we tell are essential to who we are. They shape our daily lives in ways we understand and ways we cannot see. When we tell the Jewish story with an emphasis on loving our neighbor and loving the stranger, then we live out of Judaism that opens a wide tent, that values tikkun olam, that makes it our mission to bridge the gap between the world as it is and the world as it should be. But we also know that that's not the only way that we can tell the story of the essence of the Torah. And how you tell the story defines how you live your Jewish life. The same is true with so many moments in our lives. How the story is told will shape our reaction to the events and how we pass it on to the next generation. Tonight and tomorrow, we and people around the country and the world will commemorate the 20th anniversary of 9-11. As I'm sure is true for many of you, I remember exactly what I was doing, eating waffles in the dining hall, when word of what had happened started to trickle in. I remember how scared I was that I couldn't reach my family in New York and I remember the plumes of smoke that reached all the way to New Haven and beyond. And for those of you who were closer than I was or who lost people on 9-11 or in the wars that followed, I know that this day holds both a personal and communal story of loss and grief. Twenty years is simultaneously a huge amount of time and the blink of an eye. It means that there are many in our community who remember 9-11 firsthand, and more and more people for whom 9-11 is a story they hear like any other historical event. We have a choice about what story to tell, because we're reaching the moment when we'll have to gather the children around us and tell a story. We can tell them the story of a war on terror or a day of fear of being attacked, of Islamophobia and us versus them. We can tell the children a story that will make them want to slam the door and not let anybody in. But there's another way. We can tell them the story of those who heroically ran into burning buildings to save those who were trying to escape. We can tell the story of the victims The lives they lived and the potential that was cut short. People like TJ Hargrave, the father of one of my husband's students, who learned the game of soccer because his daughters liked to play and he wanted to be with them. Or Madeline Amy Sweeney, a flight attendant on American Airlines Flight 11, who made the first call to alert law enforcement about the hijackers moments before her plane hit the first tower. Or Andre Cox who came to the U.S. in search of a better life and was working in the the World Trade Center cafeteria while he studied at Brooklyn College. These people and 2,974 others had stories that were unfinished. Stories of love and family and hard work and commitment. If we gather the children around and tell their stories, Who knows what our children will be inspired to do? The New York Times reporter who wrote the lead story on 9-11 was told that his words were turned into something called found poetry, where high school students in Washington State used the actual words from his articles to create poems. The teacher sent him the poems shortly after 9-11, and with the 20th anniversary, he went back and revisited them speaking to the teacher, Miss Grubb, and some of the students who wrote them. The the author of the article wrote that, while the story seemed clear when the poems were originally written, things feel more complex now. To quote his reflection, the poems are a collage, a distillation of the jumbled thoughts of that day through the eyes of horrified 14-year-olds on the other side of the continent. Horrendous. Hellish, ash-choked, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, and friends, police officers, firefighters, rescue workers. They will be hunted down. United we stand. And again and again, why? The answer we gave may be wrong, and it may be, as Ms. Grubb wrote me, that in the aftermath it was like everything tilted into some sinkhole. But as she and so many of her students noted, the first and most memorable response was heroism, unity, nobility, and sympathy. Heroism, unity, nobility, and sympathy is the story of 9-11 that I would like to continue to explore. Even if we don't know for sure what this moment means or demands of us, even 20 years on, My inclination is to tell the story that helps us build a kinder and more compassionate world. When we remember the names and the stories of the victims and the first responders, we can find motivation to live by their example and do a small part to add to their stories. The Torah and 9-11 are both large and in many ways communal stories. But tonight we are in a deeply personal, liminal space. This Shabbat, Shabbat Shuvah, the Shabbat of return, comes between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. This Shabbat is a way station between the joy and newness of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the moment when we will be held to account. Yom Kippur is in many ways a rehearsal for our own deaths. It is a moment when everything is stripped away and we are alone with God and with our own story. We have the story we present to the world, but we also have the story deep down inside, the one we might be somewhat afraid to claim as our own. Have we written our best story? Have we been able to tell a story that leads to justice and compassion, to love and comfort, to empathy and understanding? As we stand here on Shabbat Shuvah, as we begin and continue to tell the story of 9-11, as we think about what Judaism requires of us, what story will we write in 5782? May it be your will, Adonai our God, that we come through 5782 with a story that inspires and motivates us to be our best selves, our best community, and our best world. Kenya Ratzons.
0: And always praise your name. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us.